Welcome to Policy Today. Thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. My name is Lou Moore. I'm the president of the Washington Research Council, and I'm here today with Chris Showbloom, who is our research director and senior economist, as well as Emily Makings, our senior research analyst. And today we're going to talk about a policy brief that Emily was staff lead on with the header uh, College Affordability Two Ways. What are we talking about here, Emily? Well, it's part of the Senate and House passed budget proposals for the next biennium. Uh, each of them make changes to how tuition works in the higher education system. The Senate would um, has passed a college affordability program. It's a separate legislation from the budget bill, but the Senate has passed it. The House has not acted on it yet. Um, but the bill would reduce uh, resident undergraduate tuition for the next biennium, which is something that hasn't happened in recent memory. And it would return resident undergraduate tuition setting authority to the legislature. It had been uh, given to the institutions several years ago, but the last couple of years, the legislature took it back temporarily, but this bill would give it back to the legislature um, permanently. Okay, so uh, let me stop you there. Uh, can, uh, can you or, or either one of you give us a little bit of the history of this uh, uh, desire at one time for the institutions to set their own tuition and then the fact that that, uh, that authority has, has now, uh, and we're looking to permanently taking it away? Well, the, um, um, a number of, uh, the, the institutions themselves and a number of people on the outside, including us, to, to be honest, um, had felt that um, two things were important uh, um, in order to improve the um, funding for higher education. Uh, the first was uh, that sort of in the 90s, we'd looked around and seen that the uh, uh, tuition levels in Washington were um, lagging behind those in some, uh, some other states uh, with uh, higher education institutions that we admired. Um, and felt that it would be uh, that uh, students could afford and their families could afford to pay a bit more and if that money was plowed back into higher education, the benefits would exceed the cost. Um, and, and that there was a reluctance on the part of the legislature to impose the pain on families from paying more. And so it, it, we might be more effective of getting tuition up to the appropriate level if the, if the institutions had the, um, had the authority. And on top of that, there was a feeling that we could do uh, some interesting thing with differential tuition. Um, that it might make that if we looked at Michigan, for example, the the Michigan charged lower tuition to um, the students in the first two years than in the second two years, reflecting the the lower costs of the providing the first two years of education, and and then on top of that, Michigan was charging more for engineering and some other programs where which were more expensive to offer, but also with uh, the graduates of which, which earned uh, higher salaries. Um, and then it, se it seemed to make sense to allow for that kind of, 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 um, uh, of pricing. Uh, and, and that the, that was, it would be very hard for the legislature to implement, but, but if you gave the institutions flexibility, they might be able to do it. Um, now, in the reality, what happened was the legislature 
gave authority uh, when the the Great Recession hit, and um, and uh, tuition necessarily was going to have to rise because of what was happening to state tax revenues, uh, and and they just the legislature uh, gave it to the institutions so that they could point figures. We didn't do it. The the the, the schools are the ones who are jacking up the price you're paying. Um, there was a lot of blowback from that. Uh, we got. Um, the tuition levels up pretty high, maybe overshot a bit on the level that would be appropriate, and now, um, the, starting with the, the last um, last biennium when the uh, tuition was frozen, and now this, um, we're trying to trying to get back and find the the uh, happy medium. Okay, so Emily, what is the happy medium? Uh, the institutions had it for a while. Now the legislature, under this proposal, would take it back permanently, and how would it work? Right, so under the Senate plan, the um, the legislature, legislature would get the tuition setting authority. They would actually tie tuition to the state's average wage going forward. So 2014-15, school year 2014-15 would be kind of a transition year. So the universities, that is University of Washington and Washington State, would, um, their resident undergraduate tuition operating fees because I should step back for a second. The tuition is made up of operating fees and building fees. So this has to do with the operating fees, which go towards uh, paying for instruction. So the operating fees would be, for UW and WSU, would be no more than, I'm sorry, in 2015-16 would be the transition year. So operating fees for UW and WSU would be no more than the fees in 2014-15 and uh, no less than 14% of the state's average wage. So either tuition is going to be frozen or it's going to be reduced to 14% of the average wage, which in 2013 was $52,635. And then for this transition year, the operating fees for the regional institutions, that's Central, Eastern, Western, and Evergreen, would be uh, frozen or no less than 10% of the state's average wage. And for community and technical colleges, it would be frozen or no less than 6% of the average wage. And then beginning in 2016-17, the operating fees would be would have to be 14% of the state's average wage at UW and WSU, 10% at the regionals, and 6% at the community colleges. So likely, it, I mean, it would go up then. Right. So initially, it would initially the tuition would be reduced in the first um, in 2016. It would go down, and in 2017, it would go down. But then, as the average wage increases over time, tuition levels will continue to increase. However, I looked at the uh, estimates that the Economic and Revenue Forecast Council have done. They do they show the average wage growth estimated out for five years, and within that time frame, tuition would not regain where it where it is currently. So this would be a reduction um, for several years over what it is right now. Okay. So, um, what is uh, what is the effect going to be on those institutions and on the students and on uh, parents and other folks who right. are paying for the students? So the the Senate bill tries to make institutions whole. So it's taking away the 
ability to increase revenues through tuition. But in exchange for that, they would receive through the budget bill, they receive at least as much as much in state funds as had been appropriated in 2013-15, plus loss of tuition funds. And then in future biennial, those numbers are actually adjusted for inflation, so they should continue to increase. Uh, the total amount appropriated to the institutions for this purpose in the next biennium is $221 million. So because the tuition is going to be reduced, the bill assumes that that means that students will need less financial aid because college won't cost as much. And so they, rather than increase slots for like the state need grant, they reduce funding for the state need grant. So they wouldn't serve additional students with the savings. They would use the savings uh, for other purposes to give to the colleges. Or and, and again, a point of clarification here: we're talking about the proposal coming out of the Senate. Yes, this is yeah, this has not been passed by the House by any means. Okay, so so uh, it would cost less money if you have X number of students. It would cost less money to provide them part or all of their tuition with tuition costs lowering. Right. But then they're choosing not to take some of those funds and have right. more students be allowed. Yeah, right now to receive the benefits. There are many students right now who qualify for state financial aid, but can't aren't receiving it because there just aren't the funds available. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay. And then uh, you talk about uh, the effect on the GET program, Guaranteed Education Tuition. Right. So this that? is the tax advantage savings vehicle for families um, that they invest in these GET units. And then the units, 100 units, buy a year of tuition at the state's most expensive school but you can use the units anywhere you want. And the the idea, you're betting that tuition is going to continue to increase. So you're buying now in, in the expectation that tuition is going to be way more expensive in the future, but your units will still buy a year's worth of tuition down the road. So because this the Senate plan would actually reduce tuition, they um, would seemingly be losing the bet that they've made. And so the the bill actually makes a, makes adjustments or it would make adjustments to previously purchased units to ensure that they're not the value is not decreased or diluted. And the bill doesn't say how to do that. The fiscal note um, says there are a couple of options. One would be by allowing current units to be worth a greater fraction of a year's tuition than the current one one hundredth. Or they could add units to existing accounts to be sure that the value is not decreased. So there's, it's, it would be very complicated to do, and it'll be interesting to see if this is actually enacted, what, um, how they would go about making the get investors whole. Okay, well, we're talking about now then whether this would actually be enacted. Uh, what does the House have to say about some of these items? Well, the House has not uh, dealt with the Senate proposal at all. Uh, in their budget plan, which was passed by the House earlier this year, they would freeze tuition, again, as it has been currently, and they would increase state support to institutions by a total of $106 million dollars. And then the House would actually provide an additional $53 million to increase the number of students served by the state need grant. So they've chosen this alternate, 
alternate way to, to improve affordability for students and families. And um, so which, which way they go is the big question and will be resolved during negotiations. Okay, so you posed the question to increase affordability, should the state lower tuition or increase access to state-funded financial aid? Yep, that's the question. Very and, and interesting. It, and and um, they have somewhat differential impact on whose affordability um, is being affected. That the, yeah. the um, Senate plan is more of a middle-class affordability. Yeah, measure, it would apply to everyone. Yes. Okay, well, we will stay tuned and see what happens next. My name is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council. I've been here today with uh, Dr. Chris Showbloom and Emily Makings. Thank you so much for joining us. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.